welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. And today we are going to have steamy, hot, tantalizingly good <laughs> interviews. Wait till you hear exactly what we've got on store for you today. I am sure you girls will be reaching for your wine glasses and your bags going, Oh, it's hot in here. And it'll be all worth it at the end. But before we get into that, and you get to meet the sensational author who wrote those uh, To Die For novels, I am going to read you the advert that we do for Maria and Curly, and it's for the Time Guardian book one series, and the book's called The Shadow. The battle is over, the war is won, the prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan. Struggling to cope with tragic loss at odds with friends in the dark, he finds himself adrift, jumping at shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge and vilify the immortal's plan for world domination. But Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart or the strings of a goddess short on faith but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battle through the past and into the, an impossible future, darkness lurks around every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe? Who stands in the shadows? And this is also just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Rowie, and it's one of her Roman British crime series, is being a portion of the royalties. In fact, I think it's all the royalties are being uh, donated to the um, Ukraine refugee crisis so make sure you go and pick that book up even her agent donated her commission um, fee for that so make sure you help uh, support where you guys can in this uh, tragic time now on to happier steamier lovely things let's welcome the stunningly gorgeous Ellen Mint. Hello, thanks for right. having me. Please yep, tell me. Ellen Mint. <laughs> I just, I get it wrong oh. a lot. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I always forget to check before I start. <laughs> that person. Oh, Welcome whoever they are. <laughs> yep. I just take a run at it. And I'm like, <laughs> if I get it right, I get it right. If I get it yeah. wrong, well, oh, well, you know. <laughs> Um, but no, you're, you were someone that just stood out to me. I, I was sort of going through lists of authors and going through websites trying to find, you know, mm-hmm. good authors I can have a laugh with and a joke with on this site because sometimes you take people on and it's like, how, how am I going to spend, you know, what am I going to talk about with this person? So <laughs> with you, I was like, oh, fellow erotic author. We're good. <laughs> so, you know, um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing for me. I wrote Summer of Him was my last erotica novel. And it was, you know, I've kind of been that sports romance yeah. writer for a while. And I was looking to get out of erotica. But every time I try to get out of erotica, I always get asked to come back. And it's like, pull you oh, back in. Do you, it's do the you have like. The same problem? Um, I, I have to bounce around. I, I do like pretty much anything that catches my attention because if i try and tell my muse what it wants to do that is bad because <laughs> it, it will no it Never will just works. like 
it'll just like attack me. So I will write, uh, I will say almost all of my books are steamy. That is one thing I always include because I can, it's fun. I like doing it. Like it's really rare for me to not include a steamy scene, even in like short stories. Yeah, it's but. like I'm I'm actually trying it. I'm doing a heartwarm Ooh. heartwarming <laughs> book. So it's not got and I was like trying to like almost handcuff myself today because I was writing their first kiss. And I mm-hmm. think that's like a big thing in every romance novel we all write. Yeah. Is, oh, the book has got to be fir- like, mm-hmm. and I was like so in my head, so I try and get it out of the way fairly soon because, like, then that way I can relax in the story a little bit, and the readers mm-hmm. can relax in the story a little bit because here <laughs> we go, it started. They did, they um, did get together. I promise. <laughs> yeah, like it's just a nudge, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a nudge to say, hey, we're on the path. <laughs> Stick with me. So, with you, you've got two books. You've got one that comes out. Tomorrow, we're recording mm-hmm. this on the 20th of June 2022. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and then we can talk about the book that's coming out neater to the time of when this podcast is? Okay, um, oh, that was tomorrow, hard to say. yeah, <laughs> tomorrow of tomorrow of tomorrow. Um, the book I have coming out is Badge <laughs> and it's the doing math fourth book in my Coven of Desire series, which is a reverse harem uh, paranormal. And that means that there's at least, like, if you never read reverse harem, that means there's at least three guys, sometimes more. Hint, hint. But um, (laughs) this is a story about Layla, who is a, well, she's just a normal average nursing student, but then Halloween night, which happens to be her birthday, she comes home and finds a nearly naked man in her living room, and he says he's an incubus. She doesn't buy it at first, but she figures might as well have some fun with him. And then crazier stuff starts happening. She gets this crazy spell book, and it turns out she's actually a witch, and everything kind of snowballs from there. In the first full book, uh, called Claw, (laughs) uh, in Claw, she finds out that the incredibly hot fellow nursing student she's been crushing on named Calvin is actually a werewolf. And there's a huge like fight with the werewolf pack and everything kind of goes crazy after that. Uh, currently, it also includes Daniel, who is a library ghost. He actually used to be in a punk band when he died okay. in the 90s in the library. So he's been trapped there for about 30 years or so, and she finally kind of pulls him out and helps him. And now at this point with Badge, um, Layla's just been finally found out by the witch hunters and been kind of like seeding them for a while. So basically all three of her guys have to gang up together in order to save her, which they don't always get on so well. Doesn't that sound like every man, though? Like, you, you know, none of the men tend to get together. Well, but you mm-hmm. stick a whole bunch of women in a room and we get on, like, gangbusters until it yeah. like, comes down to love and then we're all like, hey, gloves off. You know? Yeah. Ring that bell. Here we go. Ink in particular. He's, so what, he's so- it- Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. Um, oh. I was going to say, what inspired you to write this series? What was sort of like the, the bing moment, as, as we all put it? Uh, 
I think I really like the idea of just playing in my own world. I've always really loved um, mythology and building off of, especially history, because you can really kind of play if you know just enough of history to kind of build your own societies and stuff. And in particular with Ink, who was the first one I started with, first guy I added, he's kind of a really fun, charming, sarcastic rogue type. And I'd say he's partly like Lucifer from the series Lucifer. He's got that vibe going where you think, oh, he's super selfish and all for himself. But then he does something like really helpful, but he acts like he just did it because he felt like it. You don't really know what he wants. And that part's just... I like also, that. You, you, you know, a little bit of a bad boy going on there. Yeah. And he will just randomly needle people. I think one of my favorite things with Ink is that I started this weird thing where he just likes random food. Like, he will add the weirdest things to food. Like, he'll just eat a bowl of bouillon cubes because he feels like it. He'll just do whatever he wants. <laughs> I like that. I do. I really like that. I think it, it's very unique. And you need that uniqueness to come out into the world a little bit more. So I like that. So what about your upcoming book? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, The one coming out tomorrow or in October? (laughs) The one in October. Oh, in October. Okay. (laughs) That one is then the fifth book, which I actually just started editing, (laughs) uh, called Wings. And... That one will add the fourth member of the coven, as I'm calling it, the, the relationship. And he's a big old marshmallow angel. <laughs> he's basically kind of the, the sweet himbo who's like, you know, just absolutely adorable and sweet, but, you know, this giant guy with a huge sword that also has a tiny kitten. <laughs> I like that huge sword, but yet like a kitten. Mm-hmm. I just think, oh, ooh, sharp pointy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Never know what what he'll do with that sword. That's a conversation topic. Yeah. On the other side of things, I'll also have a book coming out in Christmas that's um, just a MF, and it's kind of more contemporary. It's set in a cafe with like a Grump Sunshine, and it's actually my first age gap story as well. It's not super huge. He's like almost 40, she's almost 30 kind of a thing. And it also includes my first teenager (laughs) where um, he's adopted his niece and trying to raise her. Right. And then she sort of wanders in because her car broke down and he gives her a job and (laughs) they help out. It's... um, set around Christmas and there's this whole mystery because it's called the mistletoe latte where everyone like a huge horde of people keep coming in demanding this mistletoe latte and Nick absolutely refuses to make it like he just gets so mad if anyone asks for it so the book is kind of figuring out you know for the reader to figure out why what's going on what pushes his buttons as they fall in love I like the sound of that one as well actually I love the title. It's so warm and fuzzy in a way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that. So what inspired you to write that one? What would you Um, say led you down that one? Honestly, like the collection that it'll be in is called Wanted Mistletoe. So I was just thinking, what can I do with mistletoe? And then I like the idea of doing a coffee set 
one at, you know one set in a cafe and doing something with coffee and kind of a more cozier trapped in place kind of thing for Christmas in particular and then um, definitely the inspiration yeah. for Nick was Luke from Gilmore Girls <laughs> I can't even deny it like it, it I just I like started that. writing him and he was so Luke <laughs> that sort of rough it's weird. You know. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. More girls fan too. So mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I was like, when are these two gonna get together? I mean, come oh, on. I know. It took forever, I and I actually binged all of it with my partner. Like we just oh, went yeah. on the sofa for like two weeks and binged <laughs> the whole thing. Um, I think he kind of like gets sick and tired of my binging a little bit because he'll be like, "What are we watching tonight?" And I'll be like, "Oh, I found this," and he's like. um, he's watched every NCIS from the first episode to the latest yeah bless him so he's my binge partner in crime he needs like little trophy (laughs) stickers for you survived an NCIS marathon well I mean I I hadn't planned uh, I was looking for something that was like guy-ish is the only way Mm -hmm. to explain it it's my partner's he's very He's like the motorbike driving, rough and tough kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, what on earth do I watch with somebody like him? And then it was like, oh, I know. I will watch, hmm, we'll try NCIS or something like with <laughs> guns and explosions and stuff. Yeah. And then we tried LA and it was just like, he's like, oh, this isn't too bad. He, he got behind Gibbs, you know, and he kind of mm-hmm. got into it a little bit. And then I added in L.A., and then he's like, oh. <laughs> but we tried New Orleans, and neither of us liked New, New Orleans. So we just kind of continued on. And the next thing he knew, he'd seen the entire, the entire deal. <laughs> and I'd done it with Girl Girls. I did it with NCIS. I did it. Mm-hmm. Like, I bought the DVDs. That's how, like, oh, yeah. we were going to do this. <laughs> and then I made him watch uh, Good Wife from the mm-hmm. first episode to the last. <laughs> so he's seen, like, all of them as well. So yeah, he he does kind of deserve a trophy every year saying you survived <laughs> like all these TV series. Because mm-hmm. um, I like binging TV. I I'm not a big binge feature films. I don't particularly yeah. like that. He does that, but I don't. So if he's got a day off, then he just like sets up all these like movies and then he watches them all. So I'm like, yeah, especially like now shows. he's got like Netflix and Amazon and stuff. So, mm. but yeah, no, I I write when he does that. So, um, <laughs> what about you? Have you got a binge-worthy partner that you sit and you watch everything with? Um, yeah, we actually tend to like round eight, like about two or three hours before bedtime. We have a very hard bedtime because our dog goes to bed at ten, and there's no breaking that. But we'll sit and watch. Lately, we've been binging anime. It's kind of a nice, fun thing to just oh, have okay. on because if you don't pay attention, they always recap pretty much everything at the beginning of the episode. And we've been going through One Piece yeah. lately, which is fun and crazy and weird. And we've done like Black Butler, which I'll admit Sebastian was also some inspiration for Ink for that like charming demon. And you just, you don't know what the heck he's up to the whole time. And pretty sure it's bad, but you still want to find out. <laughs> give you that my uh hubby found anime 
this anime site where you can watch all of it online. Crunchyroll, maybe? And that's what he watches at night when he goes to bed. It's just, mm -hmm. he clicks on that site and that's him. He's gone for like eight or <laughs> nine nights, so I just go, oh, okay. But we only like, do, he only does that if we're not watching Riverdale or mm -hmm. like if we, one of our shows isn't on. And summer's really bad time for this, not having shows on. So he'll tend to watch more anime during the sort of the summer months, and then when it hits like autumn, he's like, "Okay, Crystal, what, yeah. what, what have we got for tonight?" You know. So he's he's <laughs> kind of he's used to my little uh, my little wandering stages where I kidnap him and force him to watch stuff. <laughs> so tell us a little. Bit about a good snuggling you. time. So like where you're from and your books you love and and just about you. What do you want us to know about? Ellie. Or Ellie. About me. I was I feel like calling you Ellie because it's like a really awesome. <laughs> you can call me Ellie. It's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I am from Nebraska. I have a tendency to nick people, nickname people, so Oh, I do that too. Although mine are like random. <laughs> I can't control it. It just happens. <laughs> um, I'm from Nebraska. I'll go with that. Yeah. My background is actually in animal science. And I did some molecular genetics work, so I know quite a bit about that kind of stuff. And I married a food scientist, so we always joke that it's like we kind of got from the animal to the plate kind of thing, because we know we know way too much about food. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of thing. That's not, a, that's not a bad thing. It's not mm -hmm. a bad thing. I have one dog that I named after Granny Weatherwax from Discworld, although she is 100% a mag rat, because she just is codependent as all get out. <laughs> I I was hoping maybe Granny might imprint a little, and boy, did that not happen. <laughs> That's a lovely way of doing that to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as far as what books I like, I am pretty eclectic. I, I definitely like sci-fi, fantasy, and that shows in my writing as well because I really like to do paranormal and I've done one sci-fi romance I want to do more it's just timing you know I need time <laughs> and um, yeah, I've really also need to make sure the science works as well uh... <laughs> it depends <laughs> that that is always the danger it a little bit it's like if you know too much science it's almost hard to write it because you know like well, this absolutely won't work like I can't really do anything or like take anything with genetic stuff seriously in sci-fi because I know it's like, yeah, that, that's not how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> like if anyone starts well, in I with with the whole, ooh, we made this like important human by adding another chromosome, but it's like, okay, but adding another chromosome just means you made like a donkey. Like another chromosome doesn't mean anything special. Yep. Or all of the when people got oh, stuff kinda, on. Yeah junk dna and it's like no that's 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 not that's not a thing <laughs> i mean there is a, it's complicated <laughs> what did what did you think of um i don't know if you you saw it but a discovery of witches use genetics and dna and chromosomes to explain the differences between sort of the creatures so witches and where you know witches vampires mm -hmm. demons that kind of thing so they said that oh all of our you know genetics are connected through this one piece and and i'm sitting there going 
something doesn't sound right, and I couldn't put my finger on it. So, yeah, I mean, you, I would, I'd love to hear your opinion on that sometime. There are common ancestors, like that, kind of makes sense. It, it, it okay. I'm gonna go kind of into yeah. genetic nerd stuff here. There's this one gene that I absolutely love. It's called Sonic Hedgehog, and it's called Sonic Hedgehog because geneticists were playing around with um, embryonic development, and they found these um, three genes that, like, when they turned them off, would cause spikes to appear in a mouse. And so they named them after the three known hedgehogs. Then they found a fourth, so they were out of hedgehog type. They called it Sonic Hedgehog. And that turned out to be very important for embryonic development. So there are like tons of genetic papers about Sonic Hedgehog. <laughs> but anyway, um, the reason that like mice, <laughs> the reason mice can develop spikes is because of a previous genetic ancestor. So we all kind of, you know, DNA is very conservative. Like it keeps all this stuff just because it can. Like, and you kind of get this weird thing where stuff will turn on and off sometimes tied together, like humans and guinea pigs are the only mammals that don't make vitamin C. I don't know why it's tied to that, oh, but okay. we, we are little weirdos in that sense. Like, we're the only two. That's actually why there's so much research done on guinea pigs, because they don't make vitamin C like we do. <laughs> that actually kind of makes a lot of sense. I'm sitting here going, huh, okay. Like, I get now why, yeah. Also, it explains why every guinea pig hates me. <laughs> Most humans hate me, so you know, tying it together, you know. You, you, you need to give them some more vitamin C. Just just give them a nice carrot or something. They'll they'll, they'll like you. <laughs> oh, I, I met my friend's guinea pig. All I did was open the door for her. She was gonna feed it, and I swear, I just like turned the latch, pulled it open, and the next thing I knew, I had like a guinea pig hanging off my hand, and I'm thinking. <laughs> Ow, ow, <laughs> and I'm saying to my friend, get it off, get it off, get it off. <laughs> my friend's like, you're such a waste, Crystal. <laughs> she just sort of like nudges it off and just mm -hmm. kind of goes, and I'm sort of sitting there looking at my hand going, I got teeth marks. <laughs> I got bloody teeth marks. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe I just needed something vitamin C to get a yeah. picture I don't get bit next time. I wish that was the first guinea pig story I had, but any art barn animal, farm animal seems to have a thing for me. I get chased by a rooster, I get chased by a ram, I get chased mm. by a cow. <laughs> I would hate to meet a bull, because yeah. I'm pretty sure it would chase me. So I'm just like, I've had a horse chase me. Everything that's supposed to run away from you, chase me. <laughs> Maybe you have some, like, an you, like, angered the ancestor animal, and now it's they're all coming after you. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I <laughs> never never bothered any of them. Never yeah. had anything to do with them. As soon as I walked on a farm, that was it. We don't like her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the same if I go in the, the ocean and there's any seals about. Mm -hmm. I get chased. My friend thought this whole story about me and barn animals was ridiculous, so we went swimming in the water one day, just down by our house. And this plinkered seal took such a luffing to me, I couldn't swim in that piece, because he would just 
swim underneath me, pop me up, <laughs> then he would drop me back into the water and he would swim away, come round, nibble my toes, stick <laughs> under me, throw me up in the air, and then skate on all friggin' day. Maybe that's it. Every Maybe time they I all like water and sing did this to me. They all love you. They just they just have no to get idea near you and what it was. <laughs> I just I was always speechless. Dogs love me. Cats love me. Everything else, well, my horses used to love me. But anything else they're like No, let's go chase her. <laughs> Why? No I Now you've just said a, a very weird look into the uh, wonderful life of Crystal. <laughs> Always getting chased by really random things. All the animals just want to be I with you. At least I have managed to make my guests laugh, which is always a good start. <laughs> so, getting into the book topic that we all enjoy, what's the book that you've read the most, most recently that stuck with you the most? And can you tell us why? Um... This is probably going to make me sound like a total dork. I've, I've been rereading Cyrano de Bergerac. I, I, I have a reason. I'm, I'm right. planning on doing an MM um, kind of version of it. And I don't know. It's just one of those plays that oh, I really right. like. I've, I've always had a soft spot for Christian. In my mind, he's like the perfect himbo. Because I kind of hate how so many adaptations turn Christian into the villain. Because he's just kind of there and he's like, I'm pretty right. and I'm nice and I really like this girl and I just need help and can you help me? And he tries so hard. <laughs> it's almost like, I feel like that's why Cyrano helps him. Yeah. And um, what I want to do is I want to do a version where Cyrano falls for Christian, but then he still, you know, he still kind of winds up helping because he wants Christian to like him, even though he knows he can't okay. have him, that kind of thing. Yeah. I like, I, no, I like that. I've I've recently been. Um, and this is gonna make me sound weird. <laughs> I have actually been reading. Uh, it's totally gone from my mind. I just read a cowboy novel by Diane Carmen, mm -hmm. which was really good. But I've also been reading the Kelly Armstrong werewolf series. I don't know if you know it. Um. So that's the two that I've been reading, and honestly, like the Diane one stuck with me totally like mm -hmm. weirded me out for like a couple days and then <laughs> I read like um, Bitten the first two and Stolen just so freaked me out because it was like a scientist this demented mm -hmm. scientist wanted to make werewolves or this like total strong human that mm -hmm. was like had powers and that could live forever and I was just so creeped out. I'm like, oh. Because I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, like, I'm a medical mystery. Mm -hmm. Any doctor that has anything to do with me says, oh my god, you're complicated. And they either <laughs> do one or two things. One, they run away uh -huh. and go, oh my god, never going near this person again. <laughs> or two, they see me as a challenge. And mm -hmm. then they get really into trying to help me. So there's two options, usually. And I was thinking to myself, I'm a medical mystery. This guy found me, figured out I was a mystery. I would get kidnapped. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. Like, I totally imagined myself getting kidnapped for like three days. 
<laughs> I was like checking the doors and stuff behind me and everything. Oh, the joys of being a writer um, <laughs> when you read is that you think of all these crazy uh, scenarios that you can get yourself yeah. into. And... Yeah. Freaky. If any fellow writers want like a, a little suggestion if you want to do like an immortality kind of thing, yeah, yeah, you should yeah, look I into you. you should look into telomeres because um, it's thought. So, if you had an infinite amount of time and you could just sit and read and enjoy anybody, who would it be and why? Um, my first thought is probably the saddest one of Terry Pratchett, but. <laughs> You're not the first or the last I, person to say yeah, that on this show, so you're I, I fine. Don't worry about it. Storm into heaven first. That actually, uh, it's funny because we have, I, I have this um, weirdly deep connection in a way because when I first met my husband, I I was almost that like can't date kind of thing because it was our senior year of college. I was planning on going to another state in order to do master's work. He was going to stay there, and it was just it was like there's no reason to date anyone. I'm leaving in a year. And then I found out his favorite book is Reaper Man. And it was just like, <laughs> that's my favorite Pratchett book too. And it was like, I, I can't not date you. <laughs> and then our first, Gotta see where it's going. Yeah. Our first Christmas, he gave me two of the witches books. I'd only read um, weird sisters. Cause I love Macbeth. And it was just like, Ooh, yeah, I love that one. And I love, death so then i kind of jumped to death because you know the great thing about discworld is you can jump around wherever you want to go and it was it was like he gave me two books and two books that i loved and so we've always had this like connection with discworld and that's also our dog is named granny weatherwax and all that (laughs) i just love that your connections books like yeah i have (laughs) to kind of nudge my husband to read Um, (laughs) so i have books to talk to him about but believe it or not you get that my husband actually reads all of my books. Oh wow! Yeah, he he's like my alpha reader. He get he gets them right after I finish writing them. It's kind of like my way of also making sure they're like super backed up. So it's like they're on his computer, they're on my computer, they're on various other places that they're saved. But yeah, he reads all of them. That's amazing. My my yeah. partner only read one of my books, and that was with <laughs> like a nudge. And then he turned around and said, could we not have deleted the first hundred pages or something? <laughs> like, no, that's the YA lead-in. Like, mm-hmm. And then I had to explain how it worked. It's like, oh. <laughs> why did I'm I do it? For, I'm not looking for criticism, just praise. Just <laughs> that's exactly what I was, but no, he, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't quite get that. <laughs> um, so is there an author of past and present? you would say has influenced you inspired you made you excited a about reading and b about writing who is it and why it's a bit tougher this one yeah (laughs) (laughs) my brain is breaking it's way too hot here (laughs) um Um, yeah it's like 19 here so yeah uh, it's going to be 100 here in Fahrenheit, which I think is like 42 and something. No, maybe not yeah. quite 42 and something. Something like that. 30, 32, 33, something yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bad. That's hot. That's hot for Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah, especially LA in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like now it's it's been bad. It, actually, it was like 105 
last week. Wow. Yeah. I hope it's not that hot at night, though. She can't sleep when it's that We've lucked out so far. It's dropped down to, like, about 75, 76-ish at night. So it's not too bad. But, like, in August, it can just stay 80. And then wow. just rise up during the day. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's been bad here. That's when you invest in, like, fans and air conditioning and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you oh, guys yeah. are all lucky. You've got air conditioning houses. We don't have yeah. air conditioning in Scotland. It's oh, like, I know. open a window, have the fan fly in at full whack, and just hope for the best. Like, you, but, you uh, can't survive in this Great Plains area without central heating and central air. Because it gets so cold and so hot, and there's nothing, you know. We get, like, nothing you can do about it. Five or six days that are nice tops. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, I know these feelings. I grew up in Shetland where we actually had cyclones mm, that would yep. surround the island. And, you know, the winds would pick up on the island and we would all look at each other and go, oh, it's only 55 miles an hour, you know. Mm-hmm. Or we'd go, oh, 60. Yeah, school's shut. <laughs> 60, <laughs> they'd shut the school. Um, <laughs> Now it's 70, so I feel bad for the kids because they have to wait until it hits 70. And you can see them watching it, their little faces. They're watching the little thing going, come on, come on. <laughs> like, it's not going to get there. But yeah, like, we get the cyclone, so I know the wind thing. I live yeah. with the wind. Yeah. It, my first it's... earthquake in L.A., which oh. scared the hell out of me. <laughs> my husband slept through it. He actually slept through the whole thing. I jumped out of my bed. I was bracing the door going, oh my god, Ian, get up, get up, get up. No. And he rolled over my bed. I was like, what do you mean, no? <laughs> fucking earthquake. I know if we ever have an earthquake here, that is like the big one and everything is going away. That's yep. like, you know, Yellowstone exploded kind of earthquake. Oh gosh. That must be scary though. Like, because you're like one yeah. of the few people I could turn around and say, do you understand what it's like to live in a really, really windy place? Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because when I was waiting in line at one point, someone who was kind of doing security was, we were outside and they were just like, I just moved here and it is so windy and you guys don't understand how windy it is. And yeah, it's like, we don't notice the wind until it's like maybe 40, 50 miles an hour. (laughs) Otherwise it's just like, it's breezy. It's not like, it's almost yep. disturbing when there's no wind because it's like that usually means a big storm is coming. So if there's yeah, no wind, you're it kind usually of like, me yeah. Out. As the Shetlander, as mm-hmm. the Shetlander, I can contest. If I walk outside and there's not a, a lick of wind, I'm like, oh, like yeah. you gotta <laughs> figure out how to tie the bins down tonight because <laughs> it's gonna hit us. It's gonna hit us big. Mm-hmm. And my dad's always like, "Would you stop being so paranoid?" And then, of course. They just had 65 yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was like all the posts of the people that were stupidly decided to camp for this bike rally. They were keeping score online about how many <laughs> tents survived, and it was mm-hmm. like, Shetland Wind, 26. Asda, which is our Walmart, essentially, yeah. tents, oh, yeah. nil. <laughs> <laughs> They were all like, all of them were looking for a hotel and stuff. They were totally oh, screwed. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I understand that. And it's, it's literally when you have someone that you can say, oh my God, I hate this. Like, and 
you'll understand anywhere you go, your hair's in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just... And you're having to be a, like a, a... So it's like 60 degree angle to get along the street. Yeah. <laughs> my and husband, my dog. the first time he met me, I did that. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> well, if you bend down, the wind doesn't get you as much. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at me like I'm nuts, you know? And then the, the icy wind came around the corner and it hit him. And he took two steps back and he's like, okay. So he was like <laughs> six foot two guy bent yeah. over at 60 degree angle and we're just like running along the street together. Yeah. Oh, the cold wind. Oh, that that one's. It is. It's Arctic wind. Yeah. It's, it's from the north. So it's oh, like yeah. not warm at all. It cuts through everything. You could have the biggest snowsuit on in the mm-hmm. world and it would cut through it. Yeah. Like right to the bone. Um, I have not met a jacket, a pair of trainers, or <laughs> trousers that can stop it. Like, yeah, it used to be that bad. When I would go to school, I'd have these baggy jeans on. But what people never realize is under those baggy jeans, Crystal had her pajama bottoms on uh-huh. because it was so cold. Yeah. I always had a classroom that was outside. It was like a Ooh. one of those janitorial things, like they mm-hmm. built like the shed extra space shed thing and that was where our English class was well when you had to wait outside for the English teacher to show up you froze because she would go to the friggin staff room to get coffee because she'd be freezing because there was Mm -hmm. no way you could heat up the classrooms right the classrooms was cold that was it like you just had to live with it and so she would bugger off and then we'd all be standing outside like body heat you know we're all count oh yeah you know, like the only time that we're all kind of nice to each other is because we're all huddled together kind of like saving body heat <laughs> and then she'd come and my my english teacher reminded me of jemima puddle duck don't ask me why she waddled <laughs> and she sounded like she was quacking when she talked so she was jemima puddle duck in my head and i could never replace that and she'd come down to where you know, the classroom was, and she would waddle the whole way, and we'd all be mm-hmm. standing there staring daggers of death or because we were all, <laughs> like, convinced we were going to lose appendages, you know? Yeah. That's maybe where my incessant needing to hug people comes from, that, that I need <laughs> must, to share body. Must find warp. Must seek yep. it. <laughs> must be. Like, because I'll say to all my friends, like, can I hug you? And they're like, mm, let me think about it. Like, <laughs> And my in-laws, they were not huggers. They mm-hmm. are now. They've had me for, <laughs> like, God, it must have been, like, what, 14, 15 years? Mm-hmm. So they're well and truly used to Crystal running up and going, hey! <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, I think all Shetlanders are secretly huggers because we're all searching for that little bit extra warmth that we uh, had stolen from us. I loved LA because I literally just lay outside in front of the pool going, ah. Yeah. <laughs> My husband's like, it's too hot. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> there is no we winter. We go the other way. We don't feel the heat is bad. Uh, oh, dear. I have to learn so, to pivot. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you've learned to pivot? Well, like, because it can go from oh, yeah, the 50 hot to, the cold, to like 100, yeah. like overnight. So you kind of almost have to train your body. Okay, summer's here, but then if it does this like evil thing and drop back down, it's so much worse. Yep. <laughs> it's 
It's like, no, <laughs> no. Come back, wind. Uh, warmth, mm-hmm. come back. I know that feeling. So, what, what was, like, because you said Yellowstone earlier, and it's kind of gotten me thinking of Yellowstone Ranch. Have you mm-hmm. seen that TV series? Uh, no, I don't have. I think it's Paramount. Oh, is that what that, it was on? I think that one's on Paramount Plus. Sure. It's on one of the streaming services I don't have. I know that much. I I just know that like my hubby was like, oh, we've got to watch this. It's got horses in it, and he sold me on horses. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and I'm like, wow, this family literally tries to die at the end of every season. Like, <laughs> huh? That's Why what do I've they heard. keep trying to die? Like, people, <laughs> it's not them trying to die. People are trying to blow them up. Yeah. Them. You know, and I'm just thinking to myself, what do you guys do that makes people hate you so much? <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got into it because of that. But uh, I did hear they're going to do like a Bass Reeves story. That one I'm I'm interested in. Yeah, I heard that like, too, actually. I've been, it's like, I don't know how there hasn't been a Bass Reeves like movie. It's like, he's the the you know basis of the lone ranger how has no one done anything with this very true actually <laughs> i think you mentioned that hmm. i meet uh, i meet one of my uh producers from la i might mention that um <laughs> i i'm sure they'll pat me on the back and say thanks for the idea crystal <laughs> <laughs> uh so when when you go to like the bookshops and online bookstores is there like a genre that just serve you feel drawn to that you feel dragged to i am definitely a i love historical which i find kind of funny because i will never write historical because they are like especially regency they are rabid it's like no 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 no. I'm, i'm not diving into that mess but i love history it's i used to kind of not like fantasy and then i read lord of the rings which is more historical i would argue honestly yeah. it's like it's like a history but then there's elves and i've always yeah. loved learning about past stuff and that kind of thing and then i also like i guess kind of trope breaking fantasy and paranormal so there needs to be something a little okay. different or new kind of to it or just yeah. like funny <laughs> I, I could go with funny yeah yeah i like i like the little like i guess funny asides or jokes sort of worked in or um, anything mythological. I really love diving into mythology. I've been uh, weirdly binging like Hades stuff (laughs) lately because I uh, got Hades Town, the musical. I've been listening to that a lot. I've been playing the game Hades. It's sort of my Uh... distressing thing that just if I need some time off, just go in, beat up a bunch of dead people, fight my dad. Go back. <laughs> I like I like that whole sort of scheme and concept that you you did there. Um, I'm a gamer too, so like yeah, every morning I game a little bit before I get started. I, mm-hmm. I play League of Legends. Uh, no, I will not tell my listeners what my username is because I do not want stopped <laughs> and told how awful I am at the game because I know how bad I play it. So shit. <laughs> Yeah. But no, like, I, I have to do that. I have to have that period where I just mm-hmm. game with friends and I talk about crap and they talk about crap. And, you know, you just kind of have that, dip, you know, I always say that little slow introduction to the day. 
Yeah. You know, it saves you diving in, like, feet first. I, I do get writing ideas, like, that means I can't go straight on. Oh, project. yeah. So I'll go on and I'll write or whatever, a thousand words or 1,500 words or whatever it is. And then I'll I'll say, okay, I'm done for today. And then I'll go watch stuff and then I'll, mm-hmm. you know, t- talk to them and play league and, you know, maybe consider doing housework. Which my mother always says, did you do your housework today? <laughs> uh, do I tell her the truth? Or do I tell her that I got the robotic, like, you know, Hoover to do it? <laughs> you know, th- those kind of moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm actually still trying to talk hubby into getting us a dishwasher, even though it will sit on top of my counter. Um, <laughs> but if I have a dishwasher, I don't have to wash dishes. So, you know. I lived in a place with one of those. They're still really nice. I mean, yeah, it's in the way, but. I love it. Like yeah. I, my mom and dad have one, and he thinks it doesn't wash the dishes. So this is the argument, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I need it because I'm a writer, and if I forget to do the dishes, I feel bad. And then mm-hmm. if somebody comes around the house, I feel extra guilty because it's like the big pile of laundry on the tumble dryer, and then you've got the dishes in the sink, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was kind of writing today and forgot <laughs> about the house. You know, I, I, it's, I like to like, you know be able to forget about the house and just do my thing um but you know fortunately i stay at home so i have to do the house mm-hmm. my in-laws help- are so weird like they would keep chips and things in their dishwasher so my husband actually had what? no idea how to use one like we've always had one but i had yeah. to teach him totally how to use one because they just never use theirs they would use it as storage <laughs> uh, yeah. okay that's a new one. Yeah, it was. It was kind of worried about them, but that's a new one. I guess his dad would just like wash every plate once he was done with it. Like it was kind of his thing, uh, so they never yeah. used it. So then they just started using it as storage. Gosh, I'd have loved a husband like like my husband to do that. He, <laughs> I find like he he likes sharing his breakfast with my cat. Right. Hmm. Not as gross as people are thinking it is, okay, people? Not, I promise you, as gross <laughs> as you think it is. So he'll eat his Weetabix, and then there'll be, like, a little bit of Weetabix at the bottom with milk and a little bit of sugar. And he puts it on the floor, and my cat eats it. Like, just cleans the <laughs> entire bowl. Or at least leaves, like, a brim of, like, Weetabix around the top. And if you know mm-hmm. anything about Weetabix, is if it dries out, it goes, like, cement, right? Because like cement. Yeah. so it's a nightmare to get off of your plate, and so I, I always find a little stack of dish like bowls. Ooh. See if I'm not being around for like a week. There'll be like four or five bowls stacked up <laughs> next to his chair, and I'll be like, seriously, like, could you not have, like wash that? <laughs> so then I have to like take it into like the good old uh, kitchen and just scrub it with like a spoon and hope it comes oh, off. Yeah. So yeah. I hate the squeaky noise it makes, but you know you have to do it, and I'm. That's why I say to him, like, please, please do the auditions. <laughs> My husband's weird thing used to be like he couldn't stand any like open surface, so he would just put things there, even if it didn't. He just needed to fill it. But then over COVID, he started baking a lot, and that kind of yeah. taught him that you need to leave the kitchen counter clean so you can do stuff. So like now, luckily, it's always like clean, or he'll clean it and he'll put the dishes away because. He started baking, so he was always in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. I wish I had. 
I wish I'd encourage them that way. <laughs> I just like I he ended up doing like all the housework for my mom. Like mm-hmm. all the housework. Not housework, but like fixing the house. Fixing, like, she yeah. was bad at breaking everything. Like <laughs> bad at breaking everything. Um so I used to laugh and go, Okay, well maybe Ian could fix it, you know? So he had to fix a door, he had to fix a window, he had to fix another glass door. Because she was constantly like, she slams everything. That's how mm-hmm. you know where she is in the house. Because <laughs> you can literally hear her slamming the doors. And she doesn't mm-hmm. mean to. It's just, that that's what she does. She like, she's just really noisy. Um, but it kind of got to the point where he was actually having to fix the entire house. So I kind of wish I had been a bit more like, yeah, come on, like let's go bake or something um but he's not very arts and crafty so yeah i i guess he just ended up um doing all the he ended up in the woodwork workshop Mm. threads were flying everywhere so like uh, i had a big um setup where everything was there there was a cutter and there was a grinder and sander i had like everything he could possibly want and he Mm -hmm. just kept taking my mom down there and they built birdhouses and flower boxes and whatever she wanted, he taught her. And it was just like, dude, hello, I'm still cleaning up your mess. So, yeah, it is on way. That's what he does. Yeah. Um, but no. So, writing. Oh. Okay, writing. Um, Our favorite actually, subject. Uh, it's funny bringing up video games because I actually kind of got my start writing romance from video games like okay very i'm big i'm big into dragon age the like fantasy Uh, rpg yes i know that one want to hear about da4 anyway um i started i'd written just regular uh sci-fi before sci-fi and fantasy and i started writing some fanfic for dragon age and I just I'd never really done pure romance. I didn't think I could do it, <laughs> honestly. But the fan we all started... thought that before we did it. Yeah, yeah. It's like the it's always funny when you try and write your first kiss. Like you're just sweating and so nervous and awkward as hell. It's so <laughs> funny. Just... We talked about that before we started recording too. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, awkward. I know when you feel like I just did. Yeah. Um, I did mine today, and I was like sauna sauna mm-hmm. <laughs> like just felt like i was in a sauna till i got it finished so yeah trust me i have those feels for you you got you got to overcome the awkwardness and then you start like okay maybe i can actually do a sex scene okay maybe i can do an open door sex scene and then and mm-hmm. then you start getting to the, like crazy stuff over and over time and you feel less awkward yep. and <laughs> it goes easier easier, and easier. yeah Soon you're writing like super steamy scenes while you're like in laws or you know a room over. <laughs> you gotta get it done. <laughs> yeah, no, I I used to forget that is in my mom and dad's house when I was doing it. I had to; <laughs> it was like the only way I could. So yeah, no, I have I have that or or writing it on a public ferry and you're thinking, wow, mm-hmm. if only they knew what they were walking by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> So how do you go about creating the obstacles for your storylines? Like, what? how do you get yourself in that mindset of, I'm going to, to put this obstacle in or use this obstacle Some, for this story? Um, 
I, I do almost most of my planning while walking my dog. Like that weirdly helps oh. me, you know, I'm doing something, but my brain is shut off and I absolutely, you know, I can't get online. I can't feel like I have to do this other thing. I'm walking my dog and my brain is free to think. Like sometimes I can do that with cleaning, but not always. Like my brain just I can't do but... that with cleaning. <laughs> yeah, I, I really I tried. can't either. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I have I... to have a podcast or something on I, I just mm-hmm. I fell asleep once cleaning. <laughs> That's when I learned I had to like have a podcast. <laughs> like, my my brain gets like bored, it puts me yeah. to sleep. Because it's like, oh, you've got some free time. Sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, no, because like obviously with me having idiopathic rheumatoid arthritis is everything I do tires me out. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's crazy. Like I could go for a bath and it'd been like I'd run a marathon. Sometimes. Yeah. Like you just never know from one day to the next how you're going to feel. And I kind of joke with my hubby about that. I'm like, I said, you know, in a way, I'll be the wussiest mom ever when I finally do have my first kid. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'll have that almost nine months of no condition, and I'll be super kind of active and mobile and stuff. And then I'll have the kid, and I'll have, like, those few months of extra, like, pleasure of no tiredness, and then all yeah. of a sudden I'll go, woof, and it'll <laughs> hit me like a ton of bricks and the condition's back and everything. Um, but no, like, even doing something as simple as standing and, and washing a few dishes, it's like... Yeah, it's like I've walked three, four miles. Yeah, but it's your immune that. system is, like, beating you up. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Eating on, you know, mine eats things. Mm-hmm. So it's always a way doing something. It's never completely gone, in a way. Yeah. Like, I think it was ten years ago, it had eaten through my jaw joints. And they broke. Ooh. They actually shattered, like, glass. So I had to get them replaced. Mm-hmm. But there's always complications when they do that for people with my type of disease. So I found out I'm one in a million people who actually can have sepsis grow on her jaw replacements oh. or on a joint replacement. Yeah. So I'm a high sepsis risk. So anytime I get sick, if it's a viral thing, I have to watch mm-hmm. because I have to make sure that it doesn't turn into something. And it's like, really? Can I not get a break? Can honestly to God, can medicine not give me a break? Like, seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, it's crazy. Like, yeah. gaming is good for me because in a way I don't have to physically do much. Yeah. I, you know, like, it's not as stressful for me. And it's maybe why I played a lot of cards as a kid because it was like, I wasn't going to be sore afterwards. I wasn't going to be tired afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could play them tired too, which was handy except for my granddad hated that because i caught him cheating all the time (laughs) he was he was an awful cheat like he wasn't even (laughs) subtle about it what inspired you to enter the genres with your own voice you know like what drew you to writing your kind of romance your kind of stories um i think i just wanted to do i always want to do someone different like interesting and funny and sort of I guess my own sarcastic kind of take on life and have fun with it I also like to kind of dive into things I know I'm a weird sponge with just random facts and things I like to find out about 
I think that's also why I gravitate towards mythology because there's so much out there and there's so many interesting, weird things to learn about. And then you can oh, incorporate it back in. And Like, I, I really have fun with the Coven of Desire book because my favorite thing is um, when I need, like, fun monsters for them to run into, I specifically go out and look for lesser-known ones. So it's not always All the right. same, like... <laughs> Now my brain can't think of anything. <laughs> but, you know, you run oh, into no, it's the... fine. Like, I, I write mythology, too. And when I wrote Carla, it was based on the mythology I grew up with. And mm-hmm. that was Viking mythology and Norse mythology. And I learned stories that hadn't been told before. And I went with those. And I looked for, you know, trusted little things that I could twist and turn and make work for me or yeah, make it interesting, you know. And... I do that with anything. Like I, I was working on a book, and it's called. Um, it's basically Celtic mythology uh, invades Reading, California. Oh, um, you know, it's got selkies and werewolves and mm-hmm. witches and angels and and all this sort of stuff to it. And it's just things that you would not think about, like you know, mythology wise. You wouldn't you wouldn't expect Celtic mythology to suddenly turn up in right yeah. in california for instance um, like in my whisper book um i've always loved kelpies i don't know it's, just, it's one of those things i'm just absolutely fascinated with i love the idea of a sticky horse <laughs> that drowns people i just anyway um in whisper i specifically used a kelpie by turning it into uh, like an uber ride so it had to change with the time so it kind of pretended to be a horse or uh, not a horse a car and then you get in the like car and then it drives you into the lake <laughs> In order to oh, eat you. okay. <laughs> I like that. And that is very new. I go with that. Okay. I like to see where you're going with that one. Uh, I must admit, I'll definitely be checking that out. <laughs> but mythology writing is fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it gives you like a lot of room to wiggle about in and just play about with things. So when you write, is it like a movie in your head, or is it just like a jigsaw puzzle you need to put together? Um, I feel like it's almost like I'm watching two people like do things. <laughs> like I definitely have a habit of I'll try and kind of put my characters like, okay, you're going in this like scene, you're going here, I'm putting you in this little box, and now I'm gonna let you yeah. go and see what the heck happens, and. Okay, uh, I'd say that's a very interesting take on. It it can be dangerous. Like I'm currently working on an Arbor Day sort of reverse harem, which I'm basically the three guys are all dryads. So ah, okay. I, I wanted to play with that because they're like tree people. Which yeah, it went interesting. <laughs> it it went from like oh it'll be a cute kind of funny book to like super expanding out where it's almost becoming more epic fantasy romance which i'm like great this is getting a lot longer than i thought it'd be <laughs> but that's a good thing because it means yeah. your characters are wanting to develop more and wanting to show their readers more and that that's kind of cool actually yeah that's something they, to be proud of usually when i i write i try to have the main like plot points in my head it's the middle part where i'll kind of let them play around but it's like here's where we're starting here's where we're ending you get there however you want. But with this book, it, it's been swerving so hard. I'm just like, all right, I'll see where this is going. 
<laughs> yeah, sometimes you just have to like ditch the the outline and go. Okay, I'll just I'll just follow the characters on this one. They'll tell me where it needs mm-hmm. to go or what they want to do. I I do that with Marie's world. I have like outlined so many different paths and stories for her. And then when I come to write it, usually she says, nope, we're doing it this way. Yeah. And I'm like, why did I just spend like four weeks freaking plotting out the other thing? Cheers. Um, when I'm building characters, I'll I'll do this thing where I'll kind of like play with them in my head. Like I'll sort of listen to their dialogue and think what I, I want them, you know, how do you sound? Yeah. But I really don't know them until I write them. That's when they really get their voice. So it's always one of those things where it's like, don't know who they are until I write them. Okay. That is kind of interesting. I I normally have people that come on and they'll be like, oh yeah, like I sit and, you know, I either pants it or like I, you know, religiously draw it out. And I think, mm-hmm. well, I plot it, but then I just follow it, you know? Yeah. I don't put the rigidness in it that yeah. I think other people really do and then I, I feel feel like a bad writer in a way because I'm like hearing all this like amazing <laughs> conversation about how they you know they have a worth ethic and this is how they deal with it and how they work with it and what they you know what they expect from their characters and all this sort of stuff and then yeah. I think to myself wow I'm lazy like <laughs> I, I hate I don't writing outlines I, I don't like to do it because I think my brain is like oh we wrote the outline therefore we wrote the book we're done and it's like no no you need to write the book <laughs> I, I do know that feelings as well. Uh, my books get deleted as soon as they're done. So if I'm <laughs> writing the next one in the series, I actually do have to go back and like, I make notes though when I'm writing oh, the yeah. book on the sides. So like, I'll be like, oh, this is a thread I'm pulling into the nest. So I don't have to reread the novel before. Yeah. Yeah. I do that and too. Cause... It's, yeah, it's... Otherwise, like I'd read the book so many times. Like I yeah. literally had to do that with, um, when I was doing the book tour, I actually reread Marie's World, the first one. Mm-hmm. And the uh, second one was already out. Like, it was already, like, ready to go. So I, I ended up writing one of the other characters' books. And, yeah, Ian knew that book so well by the end of that trip. <laughs> uh, he hated me. Like, literally, he was driving and I was practice reading to him because I have dyslexia. So if I don't practice reading it, I can't do it. But mm-hmm. I can't reread the same passage because then my brain starts to try and, like, say oh yeah this is what i remember but it's not was on the page it's yeah. just you know edited whatever i've decided to read so for him i had to like get him to drive and then i was like reading the book to him and then he would hear it read again at the signing mm-hmm. so it was almost like he was going oh, damn it i know this book better than anybody here <laughs> like he actually had an argument with somebody he's like I know this book. I know these characters. And this this kind of girl turned to him and she goes, you can't know it better than I do. <laughs> and I felt like saying, yeah, he's lived through the writing process. He's lived through me talking about his characters. He's lived through, like, a lot of this story. And I'm thinking, he's just going to lose this argument. Like, And he hates to be wrong. He yeah. hates it. Like, he has to be right. So, yeah, he did did challenge her a little bit on it but i thought it was funny i did i couldn't help myself um i still feel really bad though like if i if i have a reader and then they're all like oh we know the book so well and i'm thinking 
no, you don't. Yeah, I, yeah. Whenever like someone tells you the way your character should act, you're just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I have those. Those. Yeah. 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 Definitely yeah. with you on that. <laughs> it's, it's not like I can like physically grab Marie and say, "Hey, you're doing this." Yeah. Yeah. She oh tell me God. to, you know, mm-hmm. ride a bike, and I don't think. Like, I mean, Harold's a perfect example. If you ever get to meet Harold in the Marie's World series, he's this really kind of really wealthy character. And, he, you know, he's very opinionated and he thinks mm-hmm. that everything should be done his way. And, you know, it's either his way or the highway. And, yeah. And very controlling. I don't think it's to myself, like, they have no idea how hard it is to write him. Like, yeah. He will walk into something else I'm writing oh. and just be like, oh, I want I... it now. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, okay. When you have those characters and they have to do like an important like exposition or they have to say something and mm-hmm. you just want to like strangle them because they won't. Yep. They will just do whatever they want. Like, mm-hmm. um, people sometimes ask if I specifically like plan out jokes and stuff. And it's like, no, I almost never do. I always just let like ink go off he says whatever he wants whenever he wants yep. and everybody else just reacts i never I, if i do go that's in what with makes a, it funny yeah yeah exactly it's like if i do go in with a joke i thought of nine times out of ten i either don't include it or i cut it later like they're never yeah, that good because it never works yeah <laughs> yeah well because the the scene will twist under you and it's like this doesn't yeah, even make sense then... why would anybody say this now yeah and then you lose your footing and then you lose your place and mm-hmm. you just yeah yeah, I've been there. I that's why I have notes. Like, I will bullet point my entire story, but that's not because I'm being anal. It's because I need a place to turn back to if I hit a brick wall. Yeah, or if something totally derails me, like the doctor phones, or I have to go get bloods done for an emergency purpose, or something along. It'll be something stupid, but oh yeah, something happens it totally derails me, and I'll be like, oh, balls, where was I? Mm-hmm. And then I have to look it up. Like, that's the only reason I do the bullet points. Um, bullet points are handy. Because you can almost... You're not writing the book. You're just literally like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do this. So you're almost like saving yourself a little bit yeah. of hassle. But at the same time, it's like... Ugh. I gotta kind of... I gotta make sure that I don't stray too far. That when I do go back to the bullet points, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And people can tell, you know. Yeah. Um, and also, you were like a big, huge reason I I, I wanted to do uh, the podcast was with you because I was like, oh, if anyone will understand my characters, it'll be her. <laughs> she looks like she has the same painful characters. I yes. Do. Oh, they just they do whatever they want, and you're like, okay, fine, I'll fix your mess later. <laughs> yeah, like you know, or I'll buy the street jacket later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just give them a big smile, like, yeah. I, just... I've done that, like, I've thought of, um, I had to do, uh, I hope this isn't, this is probably a spoiler, so people, if you do not want to hear a part <laughs> of Marie's World, The Aftermath, please mute your, uh, podcast now for approximately two minutes. <laughs> Marie's World, at the end of the second book, she gets her ass beat. Like, she mm-hmm. gets in a fight, that she can't win, she knows that she can't win it, but she takes it anyway. 
because mm-hmm. uh, she's like one of these really stubborn ass people that just says, "Oh, I, yeah. can, I can do it." <laughs> um, but it's also kind of like a humbling situation for her. And I'm not promoting like violence against women, but it yeah, was really no. to like humble her in a way that she was like, "Okay, I can wrestle. I can do all this stuff." But I also have to remember that I've got a very neurotic husband who wants to control my life and parts of my life and um you know this everything's going to relate to him and i have to live by his rules mm-hmm. so and it drives her in a way to rebel and it drives her in a way to to undo him and undo all the stuff that he has essentially put in place mm-hmm. but i had to do that that kind of beating and it was like in the back of my head like i gotta beat you up I don't want to beat you up. I gotta beat you up. I don't want to do it. Like, I went back yeah. and forth on that so many times that she was almost like just making it okay for me to do it. Like, I almost felt that, like, oh, okay. Like, she's saying this is okay for me to do it. Like, that kind of calm moment. Mm-hmm. Almost like, <laughs> oh, okay, you're letting me beat you up. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's a relief. Like, why did I just give myself two minutes of child, like, labor for, like, no reason? You know, like, she she, she understood why it was being done. Almost. Yeah. Like, my character was kind of connecting with me, making me feel, and now I sound like a crazy person, but making me feel like it was okay to do it. Um, if it doesn't feel right for the story, I won't do it. Like, yeah. I will fight it. Yeah. And I've been in positions where publishers have said, yeah, you know, you gotta change this, and you gotta change that. Yeah, it kind of kills me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kills me to do it. But you know, sometimes you have to do it. And uh, yeah. for me, like hers, hers was definitely the hardest. Okay, you guys can unmute now. <laughs> hey, I've had my I've had my good. moan about the series. You're totally gonna come off this and be like, I gotta go read her series now. It's all right. Yeah. Don't worry. It's not more than four books. <laughs> Promise. Four books. Um, but no, like, who would ever think twin sisters turning on each other, publishing diaries? <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. Which character have you written that you would say has stayed with you the most or the longest? Probably still Ink. I think he probably. Well, I mean, I'm still writing him, so it's like I don't. I don't know how easily to say that he's still staying with me because I still have to write him. But yeah, he's very easy in a way because he can just do whatever he wants. Which I've actually, it's been interesting because he started out, I've been humbling him in a way as it goes on. Like, okay, well, technically when this comes out, it won't be too many spoilers. But in Badge, um, he puts on, he's an incubus and a demon. He's mostly indestructible because of that. His greatest fear is being taken back to hell. But um, that can only happen if Layla dies that he's bound to. So he's mostly fine as long as he protects her. But she's been kidnapped, so he has to save her. And the only way for him to get into the witch hunter's realm is by becoming mortal. So for the first oh, time right. in his entire long life, he has to face possible death. Like, he feels pain and suffering, and he's doing all of this to save her. But then he comes out of it trying to act like he was fine. Like, he can't admit that yeah. it's changed yeah. him. He's still that, like, cocky, you know, bastard kind of inside a little bit, but he's not sure, you know, Oh crap! I might that, have to feel. That's Marie in like yeah. <laughs> a whole 
description there. Like I, I just like I was like, oh, Ink and her would get on great to cross over, you know? Like he meets her randomly, and he's like, oh dear God, what's this? That would be funny, actually. Yeah. Gonna go off She's... and just start all the fires. Oh, she would. Oh, my God. She has no filter, people. Mm-hmm. Like Marie, no filter. Layla, yeah. little bit of filter. <laughs> but with like a cutting sarcasm that leaves you with holes, mm-hmm. literal holes. Like <laughs> Layla's a bit more kind of quiet, and deadly. Yeah, that's that's kind of Daniel. He's sort of that way. Like him and Ink butt heads all the time because, in a way, they're almost a little too alike. So they just yeah. get on each other's nerves. You would love Will and Edward. Will wants <laughs> to bang everything, and Edward is mentally banging you. So yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> There's that, like, you, you can tell, like, you know, Layla's stuck between the two brothers, and then Marie, you find out she's stuck between two two brothers, and you're like, mm-hmm. girls, you, would you stop sharing experiences? <laughs> like, you know? I have a co-author who I fight with on a lot of these different things, and I, I swear he's like, he reins me in, mm-hmm. because a lot of my story ideas, they don't just go to the edge of the cliff, no, we go right off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> And he's like, like the hand that comes out and grabs the back of my jeans and like pulls me back in. <laughs> I I could I probably couldn't do that the the, the Layla series without him at all. Like, yeah, he's total like okay. Remember this is the good girl. I'm not writing the bad one. You know? <laughs> we all have those. Yeah. Is there a character that you wish you could have written more about? Uh, let me think. It's funny because in my brain, it's like there's always I always kind of make extra stories for characters. Like even if I don't yeah. write them, my brain just likes to go back and play with them. Um, I I weirdly would like to go back and write more of Tristan from Pride and Pancakes because he was sort yeah. of a fun take on Darcy, where he was aloof and kept to himself and. Uh, but he kind of was, he had a reason for it where he spent his child, well, not childhood, but like teenage years being this like heart musician heartthrob that got pushed into the spotlight, even though he's very much an introvert and hated it. But he wanted to write music, sing, you know, it was the only way to get in there, but it kind of broke him. And yeah. I don't know, it's, it's just kind of fun to get in his head and come back to him. <laughs> It, it there is always that one character that feels like you're putting on a nice like winter rope. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. Like I, I love that feeling of just coming home. And I, the more older I get, like the more the books are starting to feel like that. They're starting to feel less like a chore. Yeah. What techniques have you found helpful, and what's the ones that you wish that you just never had tried? Um, I'm quickly becoming against the idea that you absolutely have to write every day. Like I started writing with Nano and you know, you're pretty much like you should write every day, no matter what. But I found that my brain needs breaks. And if I Mm -hmm. don't take those breaks, then it becomes so much more of a chore to write. So if I actually tell myself, okay, we're just going to take a day off. We're going to take a Saturday. We're going to take maybe a whole weekend. And it'll give your brain a chance to, like, process where you want to go. I'll kind of, like, play through scenarios that 
you know, I might put my characters through. I might not put my characters through. Do I think the scene will work? Do I think that maybe like the reader's attention is dropping at this point? How do I want to balance it all? And I, it's like, if it works for you, that's great. But you don't have to write every day. Like, if you want to be an the, author, yeah, like don't you don't have to. I agree with that. I what I do for Nano, which I think is really bad, is if I know that I'm taking Saturday and Sunday off, I will mm-hmm. write extra work time. Mm-hmm. Bless you, my cat's. <laughs> um, so I'll like take extra time on the Friday, and I'll do like extra wordage on Thursday, Friday. I'll do extra wordage to cover yeah. the weekend, so that I don't feel that sense of guilt that I'm going off to do other things, and it kind of rewards me. Like, or if I'm going in a long trip in the car, I'll take the computer and then I'll just write in the car because I can't do anything else in the car. So mm-hmm. I, I read or I write or. I might so, and uh, Ian thinks it's crazy, but it, it makes <laughs> me feel like I'm not slurking my my yeah. lifestyle or my duty. Yeah, uh, it's I so know, hard. Like, I know how you mean. Yeah, um, it, it's like you're always fighting the clock. Like there's there's always yeah. so many ideas you want to write, and there's just not enough time. There's never enough. Time. It's the same as reading, though. Too like yeah. there's so many books you want to read, but you just don't have the time to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and before I forget, if you love Jane Austen, you should try Emily Brunton. She did the book called Self-Control. Okay. It is the very book that inspired Jane Austen. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, everyone says that they fall in love with Jane Austen for the wit Mm -hmm. that she has and the sarcasm she has. This is the book that actually (laughs) made her go right that way. (coughs) I was reading it and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's Jane. Like, this is yeah. like uh, taking Jane out and sticking it. Like, I was totally and utterly admiring her for this. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking, that's where she's gotten this from. That's like mm-hmm. where she's realized the style is okay. So, yeah, um, before I yeah, forget, I, that, that's what it, it, It's funny that you say about her style being okay because that was something I fought for a long time. Like, yeah, I always had this like humorous, sarcastic side. But when you're gro- going through school, you're like, no, every writing piece has to be serious. It has to be like super serious and drama and all this stuff. And my brain just does not want to do that. And I finally let myself like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be funny. I don't care. I don't care. I'm gonna have fun asides. I'm gonna have like quippy characters. I'm gonna do whatever I want. And it was yeah, so that's freeing. Yeah, you can as an author. Mm-hmm. You can do it all. You know. That's the great thing. And if you don't have a publisher to wor- worry about, and you don't have that kind of pressure. Yeah, I call it the like the the person peeking over your shoulder all the time. Mm-hmm. Then it's good, and it can give you that relief and that break to just do what you want and believe in what you're writing. So I I like that. Now on to your life. My we life. all want to know about your life. The life, my dear. Okay. Yes, my dear. <laughs> what is the first thing? that you do when you want to de-stress from editing and writing? What, what is it that you choose? Oh, I definitely game. <laughs> I, I load up one of my favorite games and I just stab people that annoy me. <laughs> you are going to have to get on League of Legends at some point and try it out <laughs> and tell me what you think. Like, you send me an email like, 
in a week's time after you played it for a week and then just like tell me what you think because like <laughs> you know the book the ones that you said in this podcast it's so mm-hmm. funny because they tie into league so mm-hmm. a lot of the people that played those games i don't play league, so oh that's the one that's tied to arcane right yeah the, yeah league i loved Legends, arcane yeah. that one was so good that, that james was, is that. actually as funny in the game as she mm-hmm. is in the show so that's what she gets played a lot for that reason and caitlin's the same way like mm-hmm. you get caitlin as well yeah. and it's like oh funny so yeah um victor definitely. was when i was like oh yeah my weird thing also is like skinny nerds like yeah <laughs> jinx is definitely a skinny nerd i will I yeah will, i will give you that i love that <laughs> so what hobbies do you enjoy and is there ones that you wish you could have explored more? I am very much a, a crafting person. So my husband right. and I are big into Halloween. And we'll actually make our own, like, tombstones and, like, skeleton props and, like, corpse-breaking things. And I've, I've made all... We've made a bunch of kind of things that are fun to fit in. We've got, like, a dragon cave and stuff like that. I also used to do painting which, well, I used to do trees mostly. I like trees, yeah. <laughs> which I always find funny because I live in Nebraska and we have, like, no trees. All the trees we have, you had to be planted. Yeah, in Shetland, <laughs> we have no trees. Yeah, it, it's the wind so. and the, there's just, like, no trees. It kills it. It kills the trees. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally <laughs> get it. And, I mean, that's what, the salt in Shetland's air kills our trees. But, mm. yeah, I totally get it. Like, the wind pushes them down all the time mm-hmm. It's just you feel like it's an uphill battle for no reason. So, are you like because you've said you're crafting? Like, mm-hmm. what other is there like other crafts that you try or other creative things that you do to clear your mind? I will. Um, sorry, <coughs> voice is going. <laughs> That's okay. I will do pretty much anything. Like, if something catches my eye, I've I've made soap before. Like, we used to do little like kind of fun little body shaped soaps for a while my husband would do the sculpt and then i'd pour them and make the soaps themselves i've done pyrography for a little while i kind of want to get back into that one that one was fun that's where you burn images onto pieces of wood so it kind of combines my love of like fire and the smell of like wood and yeah all that stuff it it's sort of like i get an idea in my head of something i want and then i just figure out how to do it (laughs) No, I get that. I totally get mm-hmm. that. Um, I love it too. Like, I wish I could do the wood stuff as well, but I've never had the opportunity to try it. So, I myself have like a long-term illness, as everyone here on the show knows, and it makes me slow down. It makes me appreciate the day and my cats and my you know, mm-hmm. my husband. What would you say is the thing that makes you stop and smell the roses? Like, actually, funny enough, I have. Not nowhere near as bad as you. I have a food allergy that has been just destroying me lately. <laughs> it took me a long as time to does. get a handle on it. Yeah. Because it's nightshades. So All it's right. not common, but it's kind of in everything. And I have to be very, very, very careful. And it can catch me. And it will just knock me down for days. And there's nothing yeah. you can do. Like, you're in so much pain. And... Again, it's always funny with having an allergy attack where they don't go. Everyone always thinks it's just 
anaphylactic shock or hives, but it's like, no, it's like your body yeah. just fought the flu. Like your yeah. body just yeah. did this like super knockdown fight against you. <laughs> and yeah. so you have to recover from that part for like a week. And no, no, I get it. it Cause yeah. on top of this disease, I also have food allergies too. Oh yeah. So I can't oh. eat sweet corn or maize syrup or maize oil which isn't everything. Oh, yeah, you got corn. Oof. Yeah, and I've got paprika <laughs> and chili, so oh, like yeah, I got, that's yeah. out. And mushrooms, they're mm. out. So you can see how limited my food choices mm -hmm. are. Yeah. So, yeah, no, if uh, I get it. And also, I can't have cumin, which is in curry powder. Ooh. So I can't even go to an Indian for a decent curry because yeah. I'm not allowed curry and I'm not allowed coconut milk. Are kiwis because I'm allergic to latex, and I'm oh. like, seriously? <laughs> Do you want to just put me in a bubble? Like, oh, I know. Come on. But no, I get it. Um, food allergies is no joke, and I grew up with a guy who was allergic to oranges and sunlight. Mm. So there was a lot of times that he would get caught with the orange thing because it would be mm -hmm. orange oil in it or something like that, and. Literally, I was in the same class with him. He was also allergic to bees and wasps and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and I would, I'd just get told by the teacher, "Can you do as I'm? I'm a phylactic, you know, pen because yeah. I was the only person in the whole school that knew how to use it. So, mm -hmm. like, somebody would phone up and shout, you know, can we get Crystal to come up here because he's going into one? And and I'd be like, really? And it wasn't they couldn't do it. It was more because like there were several of them that was nervous about. It. Mm, yeah. So I would just pull the pen, stab him with it, he was good, pull it back out, dump it, end of story. Mm -hmm. um, he used to hate seeing me come. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> like, I think even to this day, he still flinches every time he sees me. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not oh, no. going to stab you. Like, <laughs> not every time you see me, this is the, you know, the abject thing that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think he must have, like seen me as the angel of death or something. <laughs> the joy of being a medical know-it-all. <laughs> so, where's your favorite place to curl up during the day? Do you like a garden? Do you have a reader's nook, or do you like to go to a cafe? Where do you like to just curl up and read? Um, I have like I like my couch, and we actually we've had a fireplace for a little while, but. One Christmas, I really wanted one of those like electric heater fire things that you can put in there. Yeah. So then I can just turn that on and pretend that there's fire. And like the rare times, I really love autumn and fall and when there's rain coming down. And you got like yeah. a little coffee. Just that. That's all I want. <laughs> you yeah. You no, the rain I know outside. That. Like, oh, I, 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 I love water. It, yeah. <laughs> my, my parents had one of those open fires. Um, burners that they had in their house and mm -hmm. I didn't realize I loved it till like last year and it was February and it was snowing a lot and I liked watching the snow coming down outside and having the crackling of the, the pee mm -hmm. and the wood and, and I would read in the living room and then they would come in and they would destroy the harmony and the peace and quiet <laughs> but for those little while I used to get peace and quiet I would try and like read or I would try and write because I love mm -hmm. that atmosphere give me and, and I don't have a reader's note for him now so like it's like the bath in my bed 
Yeah. But in my next times, I hope that, like, we have enough space that I can create this little nook that I can curl up in and just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was hoping to buy some outdoor furniture this year, but my garden's like this. Mm. Well, technically like that. Yeah. So it's like a weird sort yes. of angled slope, and it goes into the water because we've got a burn that runs around our house. So our mm-hmm. little house is like a moat. It's like a moat because it's got the burn running all the way around it. It's weird. Like, I keep having images of, like, my house just, like, breaking away from the rest of the town and just sliding down the hill. (laughs) Yeah, I get some really weird-ass dreams sometimes. Um, What could I say? So, yeah. Yeah. I I can't be without the oceans. I think that's where part of that is. So onto the word game, which is the part that everybody has a laugh and a joke about because they get to hear the randomness of me, but also <laughs> the, the randomness of my guests. Now, if you can guess the theme of this at the end, I'll give you top marks because most people don't pick up that there's a theme. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what you think and if you can okay. catch it. So your first word is autumn. Uh, Halloween. Leather. Lace. Okay. Saddles. Mm. Horse. (laughs) Girths. In case you don't know what that is, that is the strap that goes from one side of the saddle under the belly of the horse to the other side. Withers. (laughs) Ooh, okay. Bridles. Again, that's the part that holds your reins to the horse. They block because I, I used I, to be in a club called Block and Bridal. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, soap. Leather. Okay. I'm and thinking of leather polish. oil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> boot polish. Uh, black. Ah, so did you figure out my little theme? Uh, English. <laughs> Yeah, horses with English yeah. people. Yeah, because yeah. like Americans don't call a lot of the things I've just explained as same terminology as we do. Um, mm-hmm. You guys have an American style of writing. But no, yeah. I kind of, when I sort of like looked you up and stuff, I had this idea of, you know, if we got teleported back in time <laughs> randomly for no reason, mm-hmm. then we would end up in this beautiful pasture riding horses and going for picnics <laughs> and staying in a really big romantic house. So, I don't know why, but that was my impression of you. And I have to oh. say, you lived up to that. <laughs> Yay! Um, <laughs> which is awesome. And it is been I, great having you on the show today. And thank you, it's been are so much all fun. excited about having you back. <laughs> so we can talk a bit more books. And maybe I'll have a gaming section next time. Ooh, okay, that would be fun. I have a lot of opinions on games. <laughs> exactly, and I can yeah. go. Well, I tried this game and this game. This game. Let's mm-hmm. discuss. Yes. You know, um, and also it's a really good opportunity just to have a chat with the re- listeners, and you know, you never know. There might be some gaming um, values yeah. on here as well. I have a couple of friends who I game with that actually listens to the show. So, um, hi guys. Um, <laughs> funny enough, most of the people I play with are men. Yeah, I've known I've known quite a few other um, authors that also game. 
Oh, okay. Romance author specifically, actually. Wait, There's... I think Marie Lu does. Like, she's a fantasy author. She plays League of Legends. I don't know of anybody else, though. I have you uh, and me. one friend, Jace Carter. She plays, like, Mass Effect and, and RPGs oh, like okay. I do as well. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We need to find, no. like, more authors that game. Yeah, just, just and then do, we like, have, an like, a big round table guild. Game. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> Well, as I said, it's, it's been an honor having you on. And uh, next week, guys, you are going to be in for another treat. And we've got another author who is exceptional that you're going to want to check out. 